Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Odin's Movie Vlog. I am the critic, who is a Sanic. How is everybody doing this evening? Yes, the magic is finally happening. So very sorry for me being late, but I had parent-teacher conferences tonight and ended up in two really good discussions with uh, two of the parents, and so I did not want to uh, not engage in those conversations because they were very important, but they were very good. So it's always nice to have good conversations and not to have conversations that are with angry parents. Luckily, I didn't have any of those tonight, so yay me. Anyway, let's go ahead and get to it. How is everybody doing? Peabody, what's going on? Wookie lives matter. Damn right, Wookie lives absolutely matter. Yivo, what's going on? Slicer Neons, what's going on? What did Thor do this time? Oh, Thor, you know, he's always up to his old tricks, always treating Loki with, you know, lightning sticks and all that good stuff. Stephanie B, what's going on, Steph? Steph and Tina, I just want to give a huge shout out to Steph and Tina for keeping everything on track, for making sure everyone was being on their utmost and best behavior. So thank you to Tina and Steph for that. Sticky V, hey, Odin, been waiting, but good for you for having an admiral job. Well, thank you, man. I really do appreciate that. It means a lot. Uh, P.Y. says, Odin, here is your tardy slip. I know, seriously. I deserve a tardy slip. I deserve it. Gannison, what's going on, man? What's going on? Uh, G-Monkey, doing good, Odin? Glad you're here. Glad you're here as well, G-Monkey. James S., hey, Odin, favorite Rocket Raccoon scene in, in the MCU. Also, do you think he could survive Endgame? Favorite moment in my mind is the is the conversation in Guardians 2 that he is having with Peter Quill where he says that he is about... He is like a sandwich away from fat or something like that. It's oh, I forgot the con it was one of the quotes that was nominated for best quote uh, best one liner of the year for the Raven Awards. I can't remember for sure, but that is definitely my my favorite moment. I would say and yes, I think absolutely he's gonna survive Endgame because he is a beloved character. I don't think I think it'd be really stupid for them to get rid of him that quickly. Alex Martinez, what's going on, bro? Dalton Mortimer, good lord, good lord, my lord. How's it going, Dalton Mortimer? Souls Assassin says hello. Better late than never. That is very true. That is indeed very true. It's better to be here than not at all. Zach Gregg, what's going on, Zach Gregg? What's going on, man? CAF Productions coming to you in another stream. Yes, indeed, CAF Productions. What's going on, bro? How is it going? Alan Sparks finally slowed in. <laughs> You're so funny. You're so funny. 70B says, You're welcome. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's see what we got going on here. CT, what's going on? Tina B says, we just started. Odin was late. He had an excuse. I thought it was a pretty good excuse. Richard Fletcher, what's going on? Tech guy, what's going on, tech guy? How is it going? Good, 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 sir. Uh, let's see. Lita Lightning's here. What's going on, man? You working again? I feel like Lita Lightning's always working whenever he joins the streams. Hope you are doing quite well. Alexander, inform the Soul Boys that Lord Odin's stream has arrived. Yes, let's let's talk it to all the Soy Boys, especially this one right here, whose name is Abu Hassan ABD Manan, who says, just, just drop it. Accept that you lost this battle. About my most recent video, calling out the fact that, yes, you know, we have seen some good numbers from Captain Marvel, but at the same time, too, there looks like there's a pretty good chance that we'll see a, a big drop-off from this week to next week. It's going to make money. It's already made money. But the war has just begun. The culture war itself has just begun. I'm going to continue to call out the nonsense. Gannison says, Odin, some NPCs called me Alita Troll, and I like the name. Hey, Alita Troll to me is like a badge of honor, man. So be proud of that name. Do you want me to start calling you Alita Troll from now on? Because if that's the name you want me to call you, Gannison, I will call you that. Dan Maloney says, are you getting onto the High Council tonight? I've not been told otherwise. I have not been informed that I was invited, so it would be really cool if I was invited, but unfortunately it looks like I won't be. So what I'm going to do is, obviously, we got five minutes until that High Council starts, so I'm going to stay on probably 30 minutes. I'll probably stay on 30 minutes 
after the High Council starts and then end it there. So I'll have a pretty quick stream overall. If I'm invited on the High Council, great. If not, that's fine too. Again, no, no harm, no foul. I love my boys and girls over at the High Council. Super Anime Gamer, what's going on, dude? Hello, good sir. How art thou? How art thou? Good sir. Welcome. Mecha Random 42 what's going on, Mecha Random? Guys, go sub over to Mecha Random's channel. She's awesome. Just hit some milestones. She is rocking it with the sub count. And she is awesome, by the way. Great, great YouTuber. Great source of information. Great source of just truth and knowledge. If you want someone who's going to give you just the straight talk without the nonsense, without the BS, we'll just cut through all of that. She is indeed your favorite YouTube harpy, and she is awesome. Let's see, DZ3, 70% drop on Monday according to Box Office Mojo. I saw that people were tweeting at me all day, and also were pointing out that it is a higher drop than a lot of other big budget films. And even though I will say, yes, it was a 70% drop, it did also make 10 million on a Monday, which is the third best ever in a Monday in March. So you kinda gotta take it both ways. However, it is interesting to me, again, just sticking to the facts here, it is interesting to me that the media are going to run with the story, oh my gosh, it made $10 million on a Monday, and that's great, but then at the same time ignore the fact that it just had a 70% drop from Sunday to Monday, which is the one of the largest drops ever. It's, that's a ginormous drop. Not to mention, they still haven't talked about how there was a 35% drop on Sunday in China, and the Sunday to Monday drop was even worse. So... Yeah, not looking good for the legs of the film or the lack of legs for that film. It's still making money. It's past the $500 million mark, and it will continue to make money. However, if it has a severe drop-off, like I think it might, it might not make as much as some people suspect because most of it's already on the front end. Soul Assassin says, SJW's won this battle, but the war's far from over. Exactly. It's never just been about Captain Marvel. And I know that all of us here on YouTube have been obsessing over Captain Marvel and making nonstop Captain Marvel videos. And I know that there's people out there that are kind of tired of it and say, ah, just, you know, move on, let it go. And I understand that to, to a point because the main thing that I want to get across is that Captain Marvel was a big moment. Captain Marvel, to me, was indeed, and I said this very early on, and I, I said this in the last video that I made before the movie actually came out, saying it is a cultural moment. It is, to me, a, a line-in-the-sand moment. Will you stand on the side of those who are trying to push for this social agenda? And not just that, but push it into films and narrative and try and say, look, we can make it successful, and we can market it, and we can just shove it into any project and any property or any, re any reboot, maybe, in the future. And I said to myself, no, I, I'm not going to allow that to happen. I'm not going to support that. And then you also have the fact that it is still a film that's making money. There's a lot of reasons as to why this film is making money. But there is also still a lot of other factors going on behind the scenes that I still think need to be talked about and cannot be ignored. But also at the same time, there, it's more than just Captain Marvel. There are plenty of films still going to happen over the next year or two. There are still plenty of things that we'll be able to talk about. Still plenty of things we'll be able to, to, to point out. And also... The box office life for this movie is not done. We still have an entire week's worth of drop-offs to figure out exactly how much this movie is going to make. In fact, the projections right now, the early projections right now for Captain Marvel for this coming weekend is $70 million, which would put it in line for about a 54% drop. Now, I think that's, that's pretty high, meaning that I think that the estimate is pretty high because when you have an opening like that, when you're making over $400 million because you're opening in every single screen in every single market... And on top of that, your per screen money, like you're the per, you know the money that you're making per screen, is not very good compared to a bunch of other Marvel films. Uh, I just don't see it. I don't see it having the legs that it needs to continue to make money. I really don't. 
It'll be interesting. Yivo says, do you think the MCU will go full woke if Captain Marvel is seen as successful? Well, as I said before, it is successful. It has already made money. It is profitable at this point. It was profitable once it hit $400 million, and it's definitely something that cannot be ignored. Now, do I think that the MCU will continue to go woke and bring more woke characters? Yes and no. I think Endgame is going to be a solid MCU film. I don't think they're going to bring identity politics into Endgame other than anything that Brie Larson might bring into it as far as the marketing for the film overall. I think that you might see something there. But as I said, that that would be from, from her end. That would be from Brie Larson's end and not necessarily from the Russo brothers or even from the higher-ups because they understand that while Captain Marvel might be important to them, might be important to their the cultural goal that they have, the things that they want to do, at the end of the day, they also want to make as much money as possible. So they front-loaded and front-ended Captain Marvel because they knew that if they didn't, then it probably wouldn't have made nearly as much money as it ended up making because now they have the narrative saying, look at all the money it's made. It's obviously worth seeing. Now, whether or not that matches up, we don't know. Basically, there's two narratives that could happen as of this weekend. Either one, Disney gambled and gambled correctly by pushing a film with a specific, with a specific narrative front-loading it so that it made a buku amount of money purposefully because you put it in all the screens possible in the 3Ds and the IMAXs. You put it in every single country available, and it's going to be, again, the number is going to be gigantic no matter what just because of the mass amount of theaters that are available to that movie. So either one, that's going to signal to a lot of people who are on the fence that, oh, people want to go see it. Maybe I should go see it too. And then give the movie the legs it needs to keep on making money and at that point, if that happens, if that first narrative happens, the movie's going to make well over a billion dollars. I'm just saying based on the numbers, based on the estimates, a billion dollars is very much easy if that first narrative holds out. There's a second narrative, and this is the one that I'm personally uh, attached to. And the second narrative is this, that they front-loaded this movie because they knew they had to make as much money as possible opening weekend. Because remember, the studio will get around 90% in the American market from the box office. They'll get a 20, 40, 60, 70%, depending on the country, from the foreign market. And so when we look to that, we understand that they are going to do the very best that they can to make as much money as possible because they know once week two, once week three, et cetera, go and happen, the money's going to stop coming in. The money's going to fall out pretty quickly, and they're going to want to have made as much money as they possibly could have in the very beginning. So again, I go along with that first, rather the second narrative, that it's going to have a massive drop-off, and then it's going to peter out, and it's going to peter out to the point where it's going to make the amount of money that you know, I and some others had originally predicted of it. Making money, but not being the gigantic $800 million, not making more than Wonder Woman, for example. However, we won't know that until the numbers come in for this weekend, but just based alone on the drops we're already seeing in China, the drops from week, the drop from Sunday to Monday domestically, the 70% drop from Sunday to Monday, it doesn't seem to look good at this point. But, of course, we don't know. We will not know until those numbers actually come in. And, basically, I think that they'll continue to try and push certain aspects of the woke narrative, and they will make independent local or, or woke films in general. But they also want to make sure they make money. And Endgame is going to be a film where they, I think they honestly are going to think, hey, we can make, you know, two-plus billion dollars with this movie if we market it right, if we make it right. And they're also setting up for Phase 4. You know, this is the end of phase three, and they're not going to want to, <laughs> if they end phase three with a woke narrative that sets up a future of woke narratives, that is going to be a very bad decision on their part. And people can try and spin it all they want and say, oh, but Captain Marvel proves that's not right. The problem with that is, is that Captain Marvel was guaranteed to succeed. I, I did this in the live stream last night, and I cut it for the video for today. 
because I knew that I would have the, 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 the parent-teacher conferences, is that they knew that they could have this number. They knew that they were going to make money. They knew that they were going to break records. And the reason why is because they essentially orchestrated it as such. They packed it in as many theaters as possible with as much money from tickets as possible with the 3D and the IMAX and also in all the countries that were possible. And in the end, you ended up getting this gigantic number. But the drop-off is going to be what's going to be most interesting to see. Super says, oh, I wanted to ask you. Yesterday you said CM was the ninth best opener. Do you know which had the worst opening? By opener, so yesterday what I said, and I just want to be specific here, is that out of the top nine movies that had the most money per screen, the most money per screen, Captain Marvel was ninth. So what I mean by that is you have nine movies that are also, again, very, you know, very successful. They are also like the nine highest grossing openings of all time. However, what I was talking about specifically was how much money each movie made per theater that it was in. And what I pointed out was that Captain Marvel made about $35,000 per theater. But when you compare that to Black Panther, which was available in less theaters, making $50,000 per theater, and therefore making $200 million on opening weekend instead of the 153 that Captain Marvel made, it shows that there's obviously not the same amount of enthusiasm for Captain Marvel. I think that that's where you see the boycott have an impact because the generic MCU fans were showing up no matter what. But looking at the per theater counts and also looking at the fact that you have 150 million domestically and 300 million in the foreign market on opening weekend, that kind of split is unheard of. Like that kind of split is the largest split of any opening of any MCU film. And it's because they put all of their money and all of their eggs into that foreign market. The problem with that bet is that if you put all of your money there and you expect to make a giant profit off of it, at least for your opening weekend, you leave yourself susceptible. If the movie is not good or if it's not well-received, for that same foreign market that just boosted you up opening weekend to say, all right, we're done, and then see the massive drop-off, the massive slide-off. And because you don't have the staggered release, which is what most big-budget films, most MCU films have, it leads to a film not having the legs to keep on making money, to stay in the discussion, and then eventually peter out. So as I said... Two narratives here. Captain Marvel is either going to be a billion-dollar film or it's going to be a sub-billion-dollar film, still making a lot of money, but falling more into the six to $800 million range. And to me, that $200 million can definitely be attributed to the backlash. And again, people can try and argue against it all they want, but when you look at the numbers and the metrics, there's definitely a number there that is having affecting this film. That's a good question, though, Super. Dalton Maltima says, I'd honestly be surprised... If Captain Marvel passes $600 million, just, again, even if the second scenario, which I'm believing in, is true, it's still very likely going to pass. I mean, it's, it's already at $500 million. Already. And even if we see a massive drop-off, it's very unlikely that we're going to see it drop off so much that it doesn't make at least another $100 million. That's why I'm thinking six fifty dollars to, you know, the $750, $800, max range that is where we're starting to see this movie go. Again, assuming there's a drop-off. If there isn't a drop-off, if the drop-off is 54% like they think it's going to be, and if the foreign market stays normal, then it's going to make a billion dollars. Like, that's just, that's pretty much a fact and a foregone conclusion at this point. Leonardo Davinsky, keep changing your name, man. What's going on, dude? A, uh, let's see, AJ Firetree, praise Odin, praise to you, good sir. Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. Just stopping by to say hi before the high council. Thanks for your work, Odin. Thank you, good sir. Drop a like if you can. And please go 
Enjoy the High Council. Tell them that I say hi. Modern Dude Thing says, Odin, I'm not that late this time, but the Dark Knight is still trash. Well, you're not late because I was late. <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to go on at 7.10, and I've only been on for about 18 minutes now, and it's currently almost 8.10. So, yeah, I was I was the one that was late this time, and you are still wrong. Gannison says, Have you watched Aladdin and Doom trailer? What are your thoughts? There's a Doom trailer out? I've not seen the Doom trailer. Did see the Aladdin trailer. I thought the Aladdin trailer was better than the teaser trailer was. However, the whole time I was thinking, okay, why did you remake the cartoon? If you're going to make it just like the cartoon, then I'm going to watch the cartoon because it was done better. The one real positive thing that I can say, Jasmine's singing voice, I don't know if it's the actress or not, but Jasmine's singing voice is beautiful. Sounds wonderful. Slicer Neon says, two questions. Was the release of Captain Marvel globally simultaneous to avoid competing with Endgame? Also, why no Endgame trailer in Captain Marvel? I think it's because they're holding that Endgame trailer close to the chest. I think they're going to want to try and make sure it's released at the perfect time. I think that they're also waiting to see what happens in week two. I think the reason why they front-loaded Captain Marvel's opening weekend so much in the foreign market is not so much to do with not competing with Endgame. I think it has more to do with the fact that they understood that they wanted this film to be successful. I mean, they want any film to be successful, but they wanted this one more than any other. Add on top of that the fact that there was a, a backlash and also criticism from the very beginnings of this movie being made. Because obviously, if you if you follow Nerdrotic.com, Nerdrotic is a really great channel. He's talked a lot about how the comic industry has suffered a lot because of essentially this SJW takeover of the industry where you have not just Captain Marvel, but many other characters and many other writers bringing in characters and bringing in storylines that don't connect to the audience. Because even by Disney's admission, Disney released statistics saying that 60% of those who went to go see Captain Marvel were men. That, that to me, kind of speaks for itself when, when you realize that these stories, therefore, even the ones that are starring the strong female Mary Sue are still being seen in the vast majority by men. Comics industry, it's, it's even more wide. The, the, the gap is even more wide. And yet, Marvel Comics and, and a couple other groups decided that, no, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to tell stories that are going to appeal to these very minute groups, these very small groups, because we want to reach out. We want to try and bring new audiences in and new people in. But the problem is, is that you're doing so by alienating the audience that has been supporting you from the very beginning. And this is what Star Wars has learned. You, you don't just bring in new characters to try and reach new audiences while at the same time destroying the old characters. It just doesn't work that way. If you, if you try and do that, you're just asking for failure. You're setting yourself up for failure. Because basically, if you think of the original characters, and let's stay with Star Wars for a second, if you think of the original characters as being the foundation of Star Wars, if you knock out the foundations, no matter what you try and build, it's going to fall. It's going to crumble. There's, there's nothing for it to stand on. The same thing with the comics, too. If you decide that, oh, you know, the, the, the male audience, that we're just going to say, screw you. We're just going to say, okay, you know, it's not about you anymore. The, as Brie Larson says, this isn't made for you. And this isn't for you. This isn't being made for you anymore. Well, then guess what? You're going to screw over a large portion of people. You're going to screw over your, your core fan base. And I think that Marvel Comics is a great example. And I think that Marvel Comics is a microcosm of what we're about to see happen in the film industry. If they go in this direction. So far, all we have is Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is really the only film so far that has really even tried to delve into this kind of territory. So it really depends on what Kevin Feige does going forward. Once we have Endgame, I think Endgame is fine. 
I think the Russos are going to make sure it's one of the best films they've ever made. I think they're going to keep Captain Marvel in check. They've already said in interviews that they don't like the idea, just like many fans don't like the idea of just one OP character with no flaws. So I think they're going to try and build the character as such. Yes, there could be studio interference. Yes, there could be a lot of things that happen. But I honestly believe and trust in the Russos to be able to do the right thing. And then, just like always, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I try and believe and hope for the best and expect potentially the worst. So that's the reason why I think that they released to so many people. All right, so chat just jumped on me, and I've got some super chats to get to as well. So let me find a nice safe spot to, to, to calm down at and then jump over to the super chat. So let's see. We got Mary Vidalis Mayhem. Thank you very much for the $2 donation. She says, took you long enough. Well, thanks, Mary. I appreciate your sarcasm. It wasn't my fault. I had no control over it just because there were some parents that wanted to talk to me. And I'm a good conversationalist. And we had some good co- and we had some good talks. It's not my fault. Don't blame me. <laughs> but thank you for the thank you for the donation. I appreciate it. Lethal Lightning, my working man. Thank you very much for the super chat. Says greetings, fellow Nazi trolls and sexist, racist Russian bots. Odin, I never asked you. What are your thoughts on Spider-Man PS4 made more money in its first weekend than Homecoming did? I did not know that. I did not know the video game made more than the movie. I would say that I'm not that surprised because I hear that the game is amazing and there are many people that think Homecoming is okay at best. I personally really liked Homecoming. I thought Homecoming was a great movie. It was great to see Sony and Marvel working together in conjunction and I thought that, you know, I I still think that Tom Holland is probably one of the best Spider-Men that we've seen on the screen. I love his adaptation to Peter Parker. I love the way that he portrays that role and I thought the story overall was fine. Was Was it perfect? Was it revolutionary? No, but... It was fine, and so I, I stand by that. I still support it, but that is interesting that the video game made more money, but also in the way that games are released nowadays when there's so much hype, similar to almost movies now. They, they build the hype, build the hype, build the hype, and then have these releases, and now you can just download it. You don't have to go to a store. You don't have to wait in a line, so it makes, it makes a lot of sense then because for a movie, in most cases, you still have to go to the actual theater, so that makes a lot of sense in some circumstances, but it is interesting nonetheless. Let's see, Mike Moffat, welcome to the channel. Uh, Various Mayhem, welcome to the channel. Darkstar57, thank you very much for the super chat. Says, do you think all this drama was an orchestrated marketing ploy? Ah, it's hard to say. I, I, I wouldn't say that Disney went out of its way to, for example, play with Rotten Tomatoes and buy off media to tell certain stories. I think that basically this was all a natural reaction. The... The media was going to act the way it was going to act regardless because that's just what the media has been doing now for years and years, way before Captain Marvel came out. I think that Rotten Tomatoes would have done what it did just because of the fact that Rotten Tomatoes has proven itself, not just with this movie, but with other movies too. Keep this in mind that this is not the first time that Rotten Tomatoes has played with a number. Remember that for Black Panther, I remember when I tried putting out my my full review for, for Black Panther Rotten Tomatoes, it got blocked in a very similar fashion to what's happening to a lot of people trying to review Captain Marvel now. So it's not the first time that Rotten Tomatoes has played with the numbers. So I don't think that you can really say that all that everything happening right now is brand new. Now, do I think that they orchestrated the release? And did I think that they orchestrated the numbers to try and seem like the numbers were going to be something? And then knowing that there were going to be more, that I could buy more into. Because obviously Disney understood, hey... This is what they think is going to happen because they're trying to think about, oh, what do normal films make? And, oh, let's look at the pre-sales. But they're forgetting that this movie is opening up in China on the same day in every other major country, all but China and Nigeria. Nigeria, of which is really not much of the box office at all. And Japan, which is usually a solid 10 to 15 million. So 
at the end of the day, I think that there were parts of this that were orchestrated, but I wouldn't say that the media or the drama necessarily was orchestrated completely by Disney. I definitely think that they were pushing certain stories and certain narratives to try and push the discussion in a certain way. And obviously, I think that in their minds, a negative press or a negative review was was good. But then on the flip side of that, why would they try and shut it down if that was the case? I don't know. It's a good question, though. It's a very interesting question. See, Reed Palancia, thank you very much for the super chat, says, We live in a world where everyone thinks they do the right thing, so they are entitled to do the wrong thing. So ends can justify the means. Alex Gibney, love your videos. Free, thank you very much. I always do appreciate your support. And I, again, I think that we're definitely living in that age. Just talking to one of my classes and asking them, do you think that there are occasions when the ends indeed justify the means? That the goals you have justify whatever ways you want to get there, whatever ways you use to get there. And I have guys that say, yeah, absolutely. And then you start bringing up examples to them and they say, oh, no, 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 no. But, but still, but are you saying that you wouldn't do this? But wait a minute, more people would die if you didn't do this. And it's just fascinating to hear. It's, it's, a, it's, real, it's a real cultural shift that's going on right now. So I definitely think that there's a lot of truth there in that quote from Alex Gibney. And Reed, again, thank you very much for, for supporting the channel for so long. Proper Jeremy being a total tool. Thank you for the $4.20 super chat. Lower that specific. Dislike for tardiness. You're a teacher. Improper. You call me improper. Your name is Proper Jeremy, and you're one of the most improper persons I've ever met in my entire life. Please, just go away. Just say no. When they send you a stream code, just say no. Stop being everywhere. Stop being the herpes of the YouTube community. <laughs> I love you, Proper Jeremy. PJ. All right, back to the regular chat. Septarium Gaming says, Do you think Alita's Berserker suit the same as the symbiote from Spider-Man 3? They both stronger, faster, and both look cool. One could say there's similarities, but I think the Berserker suit is obviously cooler. Soul Assassin says, Did you see the new Doom movie trailer? Spoiler, it looks really bad. As I said earlier, I did not see that. Secret Rebels says, Amazing Spider-Man YouTube channel is great guy, and I followed him for years. He may have some info. Box office isn't true. Check him out. Yes, I've heard... I haven't heard of his channel, but... Everyone that's trying to explain why the box office has been faked, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I don't really buy into it. And the reason why is because when you understand the fact that this movie opened in every major market, including China, and when you also look at the fact that all the other MCU films had a spread out release, then it makes total sense why Captain Marvel made so much money overseas and also why it made so much overall in general on its opening. That's why week two is so important because you can try and basically stack the deck to make your movie look really, really good by having it open all over the place. But if it's not able to hold on to that audience, if it's not able to hold on to those numbers from week to week to week, that is where the problem is going to be shown. And as I said, I suspect massive drops. We won't know until we actually see it. But as of today, Sunday to Monday, 70% drop in revenue. One of the highest drops in MCU history. So we're already seeing the drops happen. We already saw them start to happen on Sunday in China. If they continue, I think that it'll definitely push forward the narrative that I mentioned in the very beginning. But we shall indeed see. Secret Rebel says, Amazing Spider-Man, he is one of us. One of us. Uh, 8-Bit Snake Boy says, Hello, sorry I'm late. You're late. I was late, bud. Zen Waters, what's going on, bruv? They don't want a staggered release with Endgame coming. See, uh, with Endgame, I think that they probably will do a staggered release. No, I think that they absolutely will. Because keep this in mind. A staggered release means that there's more money to be made down the line. 
Most of the reasons why people do staggered releases is because it keeps the movie in the discussion. So let's say you open up in the United States, since we're talking about box office tonight anyway. Let's say you open up in the United States. You have a really good opening. Awesome. Let's say you've opened up in maybe five other countries. Did very well. Great numbers, giant numbers. Good opening weekend. But then let's say next weekend you open up in China. Oh my gosh, now you've just made even more. And so now it's like, oh, this movie's making even more money. The reason why you do staggered releases is because guess what? The first narrative on the first weekend was domestic. Now you've shifted the discussion to say, we're still talking about this movie making bank in China. And then the more you stagger the film in that way, the more money it ends up making down the road. Especially when you take into account that markets like China will usually show up in droves to support really good, well, uh, well-talked about and well-received films which is why they gave almost $300 million to, to Infinity War alone. So that's the reason why they do staggered releases is because it keeps the name fresh. It keeps the excitement going. And when you have that type of momentum, it leads to the film, as we say, having legs, meaning that it's going to continue to make money down the line, two, three, four, five, six weeks down the road. The reason why I think and suspect that Captain Marvel did not follow that same mindset, did not follow that same formula, is because they know that this film is only, I think they have a ceiling in mind for how much this film can make. And so they thought to themselves, okay, this is the ceiling that this film can probably make, so how can we try and get the most money that we possibly can? All right, let's have an opening all at the same time, guarantee our money back, which they already have, in one weekend, guarantee their money back, and now anything else they make is extra profits. But now they don't have to worry about pushing any other narratives, because now... They've stacked the deck opening weekend, which could possibly lead to it having legs with people looking at it saying, hey, this is actually pretty good. I know, look at this. It's, the movie's actually doing pretty well. So you have that or potentially on the other side, they stack the deck and then people say, oh, now all of us realize how mediocre a film this is at best. Now I don't want to see it again. Now I'm going to tell other people not to see it again. And now the only other markets that can really come out for it are Nigeria and Japan, which don't account for much of the box office in the first place which is why you'll see more likely this massive drop than you would otherwise. So it's all about the narrative. It's also all about the optics. And the box office runs on optics. And as long the longer that you can keep the positive optic going, the longer you can make money. The reason why Wonder Woman did so well is because it had a good opening weekend, again, modest good opening weekend, then received great word of mouth and a staggered release. And having both combinations of that led to the drops from week one to week two being very small, like 43%, which is very small for a big budget film. And then it kept, it was slower, very, very slow. So it was able to keep making money, keep making money, keep making money. And then with that stagger release being released in different countries at a different time, kept that momentum going. It's very similar to the understanding of just momentum in general. Again, you have, you push a ball and the ball's going, it's going, and now it's slowing down. But then all of a sudden you give it another push and now it's going and going and going and going. So the more pushes you're able to give the ball, again, the further it can go. Again, just by using simple logic. The box office works in the same way. If you're able to get it you know, off the gate, pushed out there, boom, okay, now we've got another market, boom, another market, boom, we're able to keep the ball rolling. What Disney decided to do with Endgame, and this is, again, why I'm suspecting this, what they've decided to do is they decided to just push as hard as they can this ball down, down the path and hope that it can go as far as possible but it doesn't have those bumps along the way to, to keep on pushing it other than Japan and Nigeria. And, and Japan's only going to give it just a little bit of a bump. And so basically, depending on how strong the push is, which we won't really know until next weekend when we get, you know, the week one and week two drop off, 
we're not going to know what this film's going to end up making until then. So that that's the reason why I I, th- I don't think Endgame's going to have a a similar release. I think Endgame's going to have a staggered release just because, again, of that ripple in the pond. Where if you want to keep it going, if you want to have it go further and further out, you got to keep on pushing. You got to keep on dropping those pebbles. You got to keep on giving it those pushes of momentum. And you had to have it that way. All right, Alexander says so. Brie Larson's sexism wasn't televised. Um, that's why it didn't bomb. I, I wouldn't say that. I think that there was enough coverage of what Brie Larson said. I think that there was enough. There were enough videos, even with YouTube censorship. I would say that there was still enough possibility for people to have seen the video or at least have heard about it. I think the reason why this film didn't bomb is because they stacked the deck in the foreign market and it paid off. However, it paid off for your opening weekend, but that does not guarantee, especially since it's getting mixed reviews at best, does not guarantee that it's going to have the legs that it needs to make as much money as many people think it's going to. Because an opening weekend is great. But if you have a massive drop off and then keep on dropping and keep on dropping, well, then guess what? You're going to make probably as much as anyone would have expected you to make the first time. Only instead you made most of it in your first weekend. So that's my thought on that. All right. I'm sure that the chat might jump on me again. But until then, let's see. DZ says Doom Annihilation. They changed Doom Guy to a Doom Girl. A very big dislike to like ratio. So is this a movie based off of the video game Doom? Or is this a video game trailer? Because God knows that when you try and do that, especially in video games, more so than I think anywhere else, that's going to make a lot of people mad, seeing that most gamers are men who know the lore, who know, <laughs> who know the characters. It's, 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 it's not good. It's not a good decision. Don't think, oh, because, you know, because Brie Larson has done so well, you know, we can do whatever it is that we want to do. No, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. It's like the old, you know, that commercial with the old ladies and they're doing uh, so-called Facebook and all that it is is a bunch of just images on a, an actual wall. And so they're thinking of it as the wall on Facebook. And so one of the persons, you know, says, I like this. And they like, you know, just say the word like and they pin a little thumbs up on it. And then one of them kind of points out saying, no, 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 this, this is silly. And so the other friend says, <laughs> says, unfriend. And then she just goes, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. That's how I feel right here about when they try and do that with the video games. Uh, let's see. Uh, Hogjill says, what is your favorite sci-fi movie? Mine is a flop called Gattaca. Gattaca is a fantastic film. I forgot that that movie was a flop, but it's very good. It makes you think a lot about gene editing, which is why when the uh, there was a story about China apparently having been doing testing on gene editing and having apparently been successful in it very very dangerous very very sketchy stuff especially from a moral perspective but Gattaca is a great film as far as my favorite sci-fi movie of all time ooh, it's hard it's so hard because there's just so many great sci-fi films I I think of the ones that have come out recently I, I think about Blade Runner 2049 which is an excellent sci-fi film Ex Mahina, another excellent sci-fi film I think of course of the classics Aliens Terminator 2 oh, Terminator 2 is really good I don't know. I, I guess I'll go Terminator 2 for now. But there, there are so many good sci-fi films. That's a tough question. That's a loaded question. How dare you? Let's see. Super says, if Captain Marvel makes a billion, I don't think I'll cry, but my eyes might sweat a little. Even the worst MCU film is far more deserving of a billion dollars. I think that's what it comes down to as well. I think that you have enough people out there that can at least be honest and recognize, all right, it's not the best film. There was an article that I talked about the other day where they even said, yeah, it's not in the top ten as far as best movies ever in the MCU. But, hey, it's still it's still great. 
or hey, it's still important. And it's like, okay, so you've admitted that it's a mediocre film. You've admitted that there's flaws. You've admitted that there's problems, and yet you will continue to protect it. And then you understand, okay, there's obviously a reason. And then when you dig into the reason, you understand that it's very much politically motivated. Yeah, Gary Etnerdrotic is freaking awesome. Let's see. CC Kateni28 says, I saw your Captain Marvel because I had free. I saw Captain Marvel because I had free tickets. Three out of ten. Such a waste of interesting ideas. Hopefully it means a Thanos Captain Marvel team up movie. That would be good. Oh, if Captain Marvel is a bad guy and teams up with Thanos, I think that see, that's what you need to do, guys. In wrestling terms, you need to turn Captain Marvel heel. If you can turn Captain Marvel heel, woo, you'll be good. <laughs> Y'all, that's all you need to do. Turn Captain Marvel heel, and then everything will be saved. Uh, thank you for your rating, man, and I, I appreciate your honesty. Alrighty, righty, righty, righty. Let's see what we got here. CWD Trixie says, Not sure if you heard any news of it, but for the Gundam live-action movie, heard that the writer behind is some comic pro and likely likely to push unneeded politics into the movie. Why? Why would you do that to a Gundam? Again, I'm not saying that I'm an expert on Gundam, but why would you, with giant robots, want to push in any type of politics? Do you think that the people going to see a movie with giant CGI robots give a damn about what you think politically? No. And most audiences don't care about that in any movie, whether there's robots or not. Because most people just want to be entertained. And one of the best ways to kill and entertain... One of the best ways to kill entertainment is to bring up religion politics or any variety of other things and so one of the worst things that you can do in a movie which is meant to be pure entertainment is to do that it's it is to do that very thing that you're not supposed to do if you're not supposed to do it in your everyday discussions in life why in the hell would you do it in a movie that you are expecting people to pay for uh soul assassin says odin saw a cover for a captain marvel comic why does she look like conan o'brien unless they're doing that on purpose they are uh, from from what I, I hear, again, they started off in 2012 with the reboot of Captain Marvel, and slowly over time, she's just become more and more about identity politics, and now they've gotten to the point where they want her to look androgynous, because they don't want her to have the feminine mystique, they don't want her to be oogled after, they don't want her to have the feminine form, and it's like they're acting like the feminine form is some kind of evil thing, and it's like, no, it's not an evil thing, and when you look into the fact that most people reading comics are, are men... You realize that men aren't going to want to see a, a female character that looks like another man. There, there's a difference between men and women. Oh my gosh, you can't say that. There is a biological difference between men and women, which includes a physical difference. Men who are reading these comics don't want to see women who look like men. They'll want to see the men that look like men, the women that look like women. Now, I'm not trying to say that you need to therefore write every single woman in an objectified fashion. But what I am saying is that you don't have to make them look like a man either. Again, the male form is specific and unique. The female form is specific and unique. And I think the point of comics is to try and show the beauty and the power that exists in both of those forms. Why do you think that the male heroes have six-packs, have giant muscles, but you don't hear about over-sexualization there? Sexualization, guys, only happens in one area, and that's by the person actually reading the comic. That's by the person actually seeing the movie. The body itself is not an evil thing. The body itself is not evil. Lust itself does not happen because of the body. It happens when someone viewing the body has a misunderstanding of what the body is and then turns that into a lustful thought. And so this whole drive to try and just make, (laughs) turn men into women and women into men in comics and all this other nonsense going on in our culture, what it does is it creates more confusion 
And when you create more confusion in a culture that is supposed to be grounded in some sense of reality, if people don't know what reality is anymore, that's going to cause a lot of cultural problems. That's going to cause a lot of cultural issues. And you see it already happen in the comic industry, which is why the comic industry is failing and falling. And now it looks like you're seeing it move over into the movie industry. And (laughs) guys, the movie industry can fail. The movie industry can fall. Every industry is not too big to fail. And we only can hope that they're going to hopefully learn from this and not realize that, oh my gosh, because we stacked the deck on opening weekend and it made so much money, it means that it's successful. Obviously, we'll have to wait to see if the drop-off is going to be as big as I think it's going to be. But they need to understand that there's a little bit more to it than that. All right, so chat jumped on me again. Let me get into a nice, comfy spot. All right, that that right there looks pretty good. Let's see. We got a super chat from Charles W. Jansen II. Thank you very much for the super chat. It says, Endgame. What happens if a whammon ruins the movie? Then what? Yikes. Woke whammon guess gonna start rooting for Andrew Dice Clay to make a comeback. Well, here's the thing. You know, and when you say, like, if, if a whammon ruins the movie, I think it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman. I think a man or a woman can ruin the movie. The The problem or the, the worry, the concern that we have is that it's going to be Captain Marvel, that they're going to have Captain Marvel be so OP and so overpowered that she's just going to defeat Thanos easily. That would be a mistake because, as you saw, if you if you saw Captain Marvel, what she did to Ronan the Accuser has now ruined that character. If you were now to go back in time to watch Guardians of the Galaxy, whenever you would get to any scene with Ronan, you'd say, this guy? This guy that, you know, put his tail between his legs and ran away from one person? This, this is the guy that we're supposed to be scared of? This is the guy that tried to take on Thanos and thought that he really could take on Thanos? And this is the guy that ran away from one person? Like, again, it creates not only this character now being destroyed, but then it also creates a bit of a problem because now... You're setting up in a very real way that Captain Marvel will indeed be the foil to uh, to Thanos. And that's something that a lot of people don't want. Not because she's a woman, but because no one wants an overpowered character to just easily <laughs> easily defeat one of, the, one of the most powerful and one of the best villains that we've had in the MCU in a very long time. Why do you think is it that so many people have like almost petitioned to have Nebula be the one to defeat Thanos? Because then at that point, you know, it's not going to be because she's more powerful. It's going to be because she has the will and the desire and the ability to be able to outwit and 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 have this that sense of drive, that driving force. What do I think is going to happen? I think it's going to be a team-up. I think Captain Marvel is going to be involved, but I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a team effort similar to what we saw in Infinity War, where it took pretty much all of them going after Thanos at the same time to almost get the Infinity Gauntlet taken off. I think that you're going to see a similar type of teamwork, and that's how it's going to happen. Uh, let's see. Alexander says, Crap, Odin, you don't need another box office live coverage. Wait, what? I don't know what you mean by that. Uh, CV says, Show me the puppies. The puppies are chilling out with Freya right now, unfortunately. Central Gaming says, Do you watch WWE? Who's your favorite superstar? Minus Brock Lesnar. Oh, no. I watch WWE right now. I almost hate watch it at this point because the product has become so terrible. Brock Lesnar's awful. And I say that not because he's not entertaining and not because he's not powerful. It's because he has demanded so much from his contract and does so little that he has taken a championship that's supposed to mean something and has made it essentially worthless. If you had to ask me about who my favorite wrestler or superstar is right now, I really love AJ Styles. I think he's great. Daniel Bryan, his heel work has just been ungodly. Uh, or rather, God, godly lately, I would say also I would support 
people like Drew McIntyre, who has just not been given the push that he deserves. He's a great wrestler, great in the ring. Kevin Owens is back, and he's doing a great job. Kofi Kingston, who I hope gets that match at WrestleMania. I didn't watch Raw, so please, no spoilers. Let's see what we got here. Gannison says, Odin, it's based on video game. So it's a movie. Straight to video straight to video movie. Oh, gosh. Oh, Lord. Good God. Gannison says, Odin, I'm a big fan of Doom. The game and the new movie trailer is very bad. So it's a straight to DVD movie. God, that's awful. Angel Butler, what's going on? Angel, welcome back. Soul Assassin says, the company that owns Doom stated they have nothing to do with the Doom movie, so they don't support it at all. Well, that's not a very good thing. If it's straight to DVD, it doesn't sound like it's going to sell a whole lot of copies, that's for sure. Let's see. John O. What's going on, John O. Says, have you seen Strange Days? Great film. No, I have not seen that. Gannison says, ID Software, who is developer to Doom Games, said it has it has involvement in the new movie. Hmm. Interesting. Slicer Neon says, Captain Marvel is an endgame being a scroll would be the best thing ever. Ooh, yeah, because they didn't bring up Super Scrolls. And that is a part of the comic book, uh, the comic book storyline. So, ooh, that'd be interesting. Doubt they'll do that. But they could. Could happen. You could have a Super Scroll. I don't know. That could be interesting. But as they've said, they've already promised Brie Larson seven films. Uh, endgame will be her second, meaning she'll have five more in her contract. So... Yeah, I don't know what they would do with that. Dr. Tedder says, Superman versus Captain Marvel, who would win? Realistically, Superman. The way that they've written her now in the comics and in the movie, they would probably have Captain Marvel win that fight. However, I don't buy it for a second. Mostly because I think Superman is smarter. Will Gentry says, best sci-fi film is The Matrix. I don't think it's aged nearly as well as I would hope. It was groundbreaking in ways T2 and Aliens were not. Crazies no longer think invisible aliens shoot beams into people's head, but instead think they're in The Matrix. No, I think The Matrix definitely, culturally speaking, had a very powerful impact. But you need to remember that The Matrix is actually based off of philosophy. There's a great story called The Cave, written by Plato. Plato's Allegory of the Cave. And that is what The Matrix is actually based off of. So even though you could say that The Matrix is groundbreaking, the storytelling that you talk about is based off of an ancient, ancient uh, Greek person. So, just just throwing that out there. little fun fact. Super says, new Gundam screenwriter. Hello, do you have a moment to talk about our lord and savior, Bernie Sanders? Good, good God, man. Gannison says, Warbird versus... Warbird version of Captain Marvel. Okay, the Warbird version of Crap Marvel is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I heard great things about Miss Marvel, too. Like, I think that they could have done a Miss Marvel film. And I think it could have been really awesome. I think it could have been very powerful. I think you could could then have the character turn into Warbird, and then bring back Captain Marvel as he's supposed to be, as Marvel, and not as Annette Bening. Good God, why was Annette Bening Marvel? It's so silly. John Lee says, "Which is a better film, Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel?" Wonder Woman, hands down. Hands down, Wonder Woman is a much better film. Absolutely, a much better film. No question about it. No question in my mind. All right, let me get to a safe spot in the sh- in the chat since it jumped on me. Let's see. Uh, who we got? Carlos Crespin. Thank you very much for the super chat. Says, why aren't the X-Men a part of the Avengers? At this point in time, it's because Fox is not yet owned by Disney. The deal has not been finalized. The deal is supposed to be finalized within this month or at the latest in April. Once the deal is finalized, then Disney will own the characters. And then Disney can start to bring those characters into the universe. So that could be the direction that they're ending up going in is after Endgame, 
having the Spider-Man movie, setting up Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, unfortunately. Um, um, hopefully, they're all you know. I will say this much. I'll give Captain Marvel a shot, Captain Marvel 2 a shot, if they can get brand new directors and new writers and actually tell a good story. Because I think any character can be redeemed as long as they're given a good story arc. That's why I still stand by Thor Ragnarok, because Thor, the Dark World, in my mind, almost ruined Thor because it just uh, was such a weak film. But Thor Ragnarok gave him a rebirth and made him one of the most badass characters in the universe. Without Thor Ragnarok, you would not have had that moment in Wakanda of him coming in out of nowhere, wrecking crap everywhere. It's great. Matthew Kadish, thank you very much for the $5 super chat, says, I want to learn how the box office works, O wise Allfather. Please bless me with this forbidden knowledge. <laughs> well, thank you, man. I appreciate it, guys. Matthew Kadish is awesome. Go check out his work on Medium.com. He's a brilliant writer. He loves to dissect everything. Uh, I first I first met Matthew Kadish when he was writing articles about The Last Jedi and just breaking down why, objectively, there were so many flaws with The Last Jedi. He's got some really good work, does some really good stuff. And he's also just a really cool dude on top of it. But... Absolutely, Matthew. That is why I'm here. That is what the stream is supposed to be about. But of course, you know, I try and take questions from the chat as well. And so let me go ahead. And since I got to that, see if there's any comments going on right now. Let's see. Again, as it says, I love the Matrix. Hey, man, no problem with loving the Matrix. Septerm Gaming says, aside from Alita, what are your thoughts on Terminator 6? Well, Terminator 6 just, we only have a picture right now. And the picture does not look good because it looks like they're trying to make the Terminator androgynous. And I just don't understand why they would do that. I just don't understand why they have to do it that way. And I hope they change it. Nicholas Allen says, Dark City over the Matrix. Never seen Dark City. So I would not be able to have that opinion. See, Super Anime Gamer says, Wanted to know, did you see the comments by Captain Marvel writer Kelly Sue DeConnick saying the movie would inspire academic papers and such? No, I did not. But knowing what I know about Kelly Sue DeConnick, that does not surprise me. She is indeed the creator of the 2012 reboot of Captain Marvel, the one, excuse me, the one that finally went <laughs> went woke and had to be rebooted several times because no one was buying the comic. Yeah, that person. Yeah, and also, to be fair, let's let's think about college for a second. What is college filled with? Oh, wait, that's right. Crazy leftists. <laughs> and what do crazy leftists like to do? They like to study really stupid things. And what are we going to see happen in the next gender studies, women's studies course? There's going to be an entire course. I'm telling you this now. Within one year, within one year, this film is going to create at least one college course dedicated entirely to this movie and breaking down why it's important to femininity and gender identity in general. Guaranteed. Rhaegar Targaryen says, I'm still stunned at how bad the plot is. The scrolls, the light speed plot hole. Fury wasn't the same. The scrolls make me the, the, I think the scrolls make me the maddest because even though I don't know much about the secret invasion, the fact that they've now taken away a storyline where the scrolls invade earth to the point where now no one knows who is human and who's a scroll. The fact that we can't have that anymore makes me so angry because the implications that it could have, who's an Avenger, who's not an Avenger. The fact that there's these things called super scrolls, which can, you know, basically be like and have similar powers to the Avengers. It's just, it's really sad. It's really sad that we can no longer have that. Um, let's see. Sticky V says, give me a Fantastic Four movie that starts in the 60s and continues in the present. Well, I think we're definitely going to get a Fantastic Four reboot again. Maybe Disney will be able to do it right. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. 
<laughs> I kind of question their decisions lately, especially when it comes to superhero films. Central Gaming says, who would you feel safer with, Alita or Terminator? Who? I would say I would be I would feel safer with Alita because Alita, specifically Alita in the Berserker outfit, for sure. Alita, Berserker, hands down, uh, would definitely uh, whoop up on the Terminator. 8-Bit Snake Boy says, I heard the deal with Fox will be finalized on the 26th of March. Brazil rights were holding things up. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. But, of course, all of those dates are always subject to change. But it's definitely going to be either this or next month unless they tell us something different. Uh, Dr. Richard Kimball says, Hashtag inflated box office. Colleges across the U.S. gave away free tickets to Captain Marvel. Not just a few. We have a bunch. First come, first serve with your student ID. Look into this. No, Dr. Richard Kimball, I'm not going to look into that because, again, that's a conspiracy theory I don't buy. Yes, there were pre-sale tickets bought by universities. Yes, there was the entire uh, Captain Marvel GoFundMe campaign. But if you were going to do an honest estimate of that, I would say no more than $5 million would be accounted for that. And yes, $5 million sounds like a lot of money, but when the film made $153 million here domestically and three over $300 million worldwide, it's a drop in the bucket, man. So that's a rabbit hole. I'm not going to dive down. I know a lot of people have been trying to dive down that hole. I would rather stay based in actual box office numbers, in actual statistics, and I would much rather expose the fact that they front-loaded and front-ended Captain Marvel more so than any other MCU film in history, and that explains why it had such a... One could say historic. Obviously, it's it's historic only when you talk about certain categories. It's so funny to always hear them say, the first ever, the first ever. But then it's some of the most obscure things of all time. And it's just not impressive. And then when you say, oh, it's the third best this and the fourth best that. But it's the best here. Okay, so the other ones are more impressive categories. This one's not. But no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick around in reality. I do not buy into a conspiracy theory. And also because there's people out there too saying that the the numbers have been faked. No, I'm sorry. There's no evidence of that. Well, of course there's no evidence. That's the whole point. Again, that's when you're diving into conspiracies. And and that's, I will speculate. And I think speculation can go up to a point right before it can become a conspiracy theory. However, there's a difference between speculating based on information that we have. And there's another in diving into an actual, (laughs) an actual full out conspiracy itself, which is what that would be. Hockjill says, do you think Loki is actually dead? Um, no, seeing that he apparently has a Marvel series coming up, and I know people could say, oh, it could take a dif- take place at a different point in, a- in the timeline, potentially, which would make sense, and, you know, you could still keep the actor on, and you could tell more stories about it when he was alive, but I never believe Loki's dead, especially when you have an Infinity Stone that can essentially control time and also life itself, it seems. I think that there's a good chance that he and many others can can come back. Ariak Draken says, you have to see Dark City. It's a must-watch. Interesting. Okay. Nicholas Allen. Allen says, definitely check out Dark City, but watch the director's cut, not the theatrical cut. Ooh, okay. We got one of these battles going on. It's always great to hear movies that have these multiple cuts and the opinions that people have on them because normally director's cuts are better, but it's also fun to hear people say, oh, no, I really like the theatrical one, too. Let's see. The the China Man says, are you looking forward to the real Captain Marvel Shazam? I'm actually excited for Shazam. It looks like a lot of fun. I, I hope it doesn't act too much like Big. I hope it doesn't copy too much off of Big. It's obviously copied a lot, a lot off of Big, but I hope it also is its own independent story, and I hope it does well. It, I don't see it being a billion-dollar film, and the only reason why is just because the, the type of comedy film that it is is not one that normally will appeal to mass audiences in the same kind of way. 
and uh, DC has had a much more difficult job because it's fighting not only the box office, but also, of course, the media that just want to... And I'm not saying that the media has gone after DC films unfairly, because I would say the movies that they have given poor reviews to, I would agree with the reviews in a lot of respects. However, I think it is definitely worth noting that they give a lot of passes to the MCU. So basically, it's one of the things... I think they're being completely honest when it comes to the the DCEU films, but I also think there's a very good... Very good argument to say that they're being extremely, extremely overpraising when it comes to MCU films. Captain Marvel is not just one. It's one of many examples of DC, uh, rather MCU films, getting way too much praise. Uh, movies that come to mind, Iron Man 2, uh, I think is, is relatively weak. I would say Age of Ultron. Good God, Age of Ultron. Um, so I think that you would have to look at all those things as well. Alrighty, let's see. Solstice says, hopefully America a year from now will wake up and put an end to SJW politics. Yeah, I mean, you would hope so, but at the end of the day, it, there's always... It, society itself, much like the culture, it, is constantly ebbing and flowing. Sometimes it ebbs more in one direction than the other, and I think we're just in another one of those ebbing periods. And, you know, how things fall will be how those things fall. And it's going to be very hard for us to be able to predict which way it's going to end up going in the end. Super says, comment got skipped, so I'm going to try this one more time. Just dawned on me. SJW Marvel started approximately 2011 and involved many present in the MCU. Could it have been Disney's fault all along? Uh, I mean, I don't know enough about comics to be able to make a comment on that. I know that Disney took over for, uh, you know, Disney took over for Star Wars in 2012. I think they took over Marvel before that. I could be wrong. And so... If that's the case, if Disney had taken over Marvel, then that would also include Marvel Comics to an extent, and so that might explain why it was more easily that SJWs were able to infiltrate, but I don't know enough about, again, I don't know enough about <laughs> the comics industry to be able to say one way or the other. I don't know the timeline on that. Stephanie B says, uh, Willow is watching Pops. Yeah, she does that sometimes. They're, uh, she's right now curled up by the door because uh, she misses her mama. She misses her mama. All right, chat jumped on me again. Let's see. The China Man says, do you read DC Vertigo comics? If so, what's your favorite comic run? I'm not a comics guy, as I've said before, so I do not read them. I do not read comics. Normal person, I saw numbers, so I just wanted to look at it. Normal person says, Captain Marvel cost $320 million at the box office, $350 million. Minus Cinema's take, $180 million. Investors want a profit not to break even. No, 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 no. Normal person. Let me break it down for you. Let me break it down for you. The number that Captain Marvel needed to make to break even was $400 million. We get to that number by taking the production budget, which was around $155 million. If you take half of that and then add it to it, you get well over $200 million. And then $400 million times 60, times point, rather 0.6, 60%. When you take that number, you get to $400 million. And therefore, if it makes $400 million at the box office, 60% of $400 million equals what it was uh what it cost to produce and also what the marketing cost was as well so those numbers are not accurate the film has not only broken even it's also now profitable it is also now profitable super says do you think captain marvel will be nominated for an oscar (laughs) don't kill me honestly for picture no i honestly don't think so when you say oh but it happened to black panther but remember black panther had a 98, 99% on Rotten Tomatoes for a long time. Like, all the critics loved it. A lot of audiences loved it, too. And so it made sense to an extent. Obviously, I still don't agree with it. But it made sense to an extent for the film to get some kind of love in that way. 
Captain Marvel has shown itself to be an extremely divisive film to the point where even the critics aren't fully on board. It's got an 80% last time I checked. And if you look closer to that number, it's a 62 to 68% rating as far as the average rating is concerned. So it's not an overly praised film by any means. And I think that's going to keep it from getting Best Picture. I would say special effects probably have a pretty good chance. And some of the tech categories probably have a pretty good chance. I, I don't see it making it into the uh, making it into the Oscars. However, because this year they tried to push in a new category called Best Popular Film that got shut down completely, thank God. We could possibly see them try to revive that earlier on and push back against any any blowback. And in that time, therefore, be able to give Captain Marvel an, an Oscar nomination for that. But that's the only way I could really see that happening. And that would be very hard because people did not like that news that they were trying to push. Gannison says, Odin, what is your childhood movie? Mine is Jurassic Park. Ooh, that's a good one. I have a few different childhood mus- m- movies, but the one that always sticks with me personally would probably be Hook. Either Hook or The Goonies. We watched The Goonies on tape. We had a cassette tape. Not like yeah, yeah, we had like a VHS tape, and it had recorded the Goonies when it had been on TV, and we watched that thing every day for like months. So that is definitely one that I love. And then Hook also. I I mean, God, Hook is such an underrated movie, and also one of my all time favorite John Williams scores ever. Good question. Uh, Nicholas Allen says, Odin, to be clear, the theatrical cut isn't bad. It just reveals too much of the mystery early on. Oh, okay. Why, but what's going on, bruv? Uh, Game, he says, sorry, but you look like Braun Strowman. Hey, that's, uh, that doesn't, that doesn't hurt my feelings, man. You're gonna get these hands, as he would say. Alrighty, man, let's see. A Beautiful Twisted Mind says, have you heard that the DCU is making a Sergeant Rock movie? I'm so stoked. I don't know enough about the comics to know who that is. The China Man says, if Shazam is a good movie, logically and by the circumstances, how he could make in the box office highest and lowest. Okay, China Man, so how much do I think Shazam will make in the box office? And assuming it's a good movie, hmm. With Shazam, I would say six hundred million worldwide. Somewhere somewhere in the ballpark of six hundred million worldwide. Could be more, could be less, but I think that six hundred million would be would be about right, seeing that no DCEU film has made less than that at this point, as far as, like, in the actual canon, because the lowest-grossing DCEU film at this point is Justice League that made 650, around 650. So I, I would say 600 million is a floor, and it could make anything above that also. Um, once again, once we have a little bit more box office numbers and, and everything, we're not too far away from that, but that's when we can know a little bit more. Uh, Super says, current year Vertigo is awful in my opinion. Old Vertigo is excellent. They're the ones who published V for Vendetta, Neil Gaiman's Sandman, and Preacher. Excellent stuff. Yeah, I don't really know much about those groups, but I have heard, of course, V for Vendetta. And I have heard of Neil Gaiman's Sandman. I've actually never read it. And Preacher I've heard of as well. And I heard the TV show wasn't bad either. Seven Gaming says, what is the inspiration that Alita's character gives to audiences? I heard a lot about it. I think it's mostly just the fact that she is very clearly an example of a character that is constantly being uh, put down. And not only does she get back up, but she struggles. She, she's not a Mary Sue because she gets defeated. At one point, her body gets torn apart to pieces and someone has to rebuild her. And she has to be vulnerable. She gives, she literally at one point says, I will give you my heart. 
Now, of course, the, the SJWs, they hate that because, no, a, w- a woman can't show emotion. Yes, they can. Both men and women can show emotion. Having a relationship, having a love interest is not a weakness. It's not a weakness. And it's sad that we live in a world now where it's seen as such. But I think the reason why people connected and were inspired by the character so much was just because of the literal heart that she had. That she gave of her all. There was no part way for her. It was all or nothing. And I, th- I think she even says that in the middle. It's like, it's, it's all or nothing with me. And that's what I think people liked about her, was that she truly lived up to that character. And it's it's refreshing to have a character like that on the screen. Yeah, Goonies was great. Interstrap Production says, Greetings, my lord. Wish I could be more high energy, but it's been a busy day. I hear you, man. Fake Zero says, I thought Odin looks more like Sami Zayn. Well, that would make sense, because I am indeed wearing the uh, the Sami Zayn hat. So, that would indeed make a lot of sense. Bum, bum, ba-dum, bum, bum, ba-dum. <laughs> All righty, what we got? What we got? Uh, looks like we got students trolling the chat. And to the ones saying they're not going to do homework, well, <laughs> then continue to see your grade fall. And I don't want to see that happen. And I know your parents don't want to see, don't want to see that happen. So do your homework. Jono says, what film do you enjoy the most at the cinema, even if you don't think it's the best now? Mine is The Abyss. So as it mean like my favorite movie-going experience? I loved seeing whiplash in theaters i know that's a very strange one and it's a very recent one but the first time i saw whiplash it was actually i had missed its actual run because i had been working at the theater at the time and i was able to talk to one of the managers who made a special showtime before the theater opened just for me and a friend of mine who also worked at the theater and so i was able to see it for the first time with just me and him alone in the theater with like of course the best seats and it was just amazing. And so then when it actually got an extended release because it uh, it got nominated for a lot of movie for a lot of Oscars, got nominated for Best Picture, they added um, you know, more showtimes for it. And so I was able to see it again. And then seeing it the second time, I loved it even more because since I knew how the movie ended, I was able to watch the audience. And there was this one guy who was maybe two, froze, two, th- uh, two uh, rows in front of me. And this image sticks with me because during the end scene, which is, one of the best endings to any movie that I've ever experienced in my entire life. He was literally on the edge of his seat. Like you hear that expression all the time. Like, Oh, it's the you know, edge of your seat entertainment. And I was witnessing with my own eyes, someone who was so engrossed, who was so committed mentally and physically into this movie, into this story that was being told in those last 10 minutes of the movie, which is almost entirely a drum solo. Like the fact that emotion was conveyed just in a drum solo and that it had this guy literally on the edge of his feet, or rather on the edge of his seat. That to me was a powerful moment. So I, I would say Whiplash because of that first time experience and the way I was able to experience it. And then the second time when I was able to see other people just finding joy. Because it's one of those movies where the movie ends and you immediately just want to go like, oh, yeah, or start clapping. It's very rare that movies do that these days. Whiplash has one of those types of endings. So that's where I'll go with that. Um, Alrighty. All right, they're ready. Let us see here. The China Man says, Birdman, one of the best movies in the decade. Do you agree? I love Birdman for several reasons. Not only do I think that it's a well-written story, not only do I love the characters, the cinematography for that film is beautiful. 
I love how they try and make it look like it's all one take and one shot. I think the choreography for those scenes are great. I think the way that they make all of the cuts that are hidden are done very well and very subtle and very subtly. I think they they work it very well, and I really do like it a lot. So I would agree with you. Um, BMJ Bro says, "Yo, beard, silly looking. Well, at least I can grow one." The DZ3 says, "Otherwise, my brother thought Odin looks like Sami Zayn too. <laughs> it makes sense to me, man." Uh, let's see. Super says, please tell me Justice League made more than Suicide Squad. I couldn't imagine living with the pain of a DCEU exec. Last time, no, no, last time I checked, Justice League was indeed the lowest grossing. But I'll, I'll check that just for you, man, because, uh, you you know, you're you're always a, you're a regular here. So I'll go ahead and check that for you. So when it comes to uh, the DCEU, so for Justice League, you know, let's start off with that one. With Justice League, it only made $657 million worldwide. And yeah, it's it's ranked last. So the DC Extended Universe, this is how it goes. Um, hold on one second. So for domestic, for domestic, that's how it goes for sure. So for domestic, Suicide Squad is actually fourth with $325 million. And worldwide, Justice League is also ranked last. So Justice League made $657 million worldwide. Man of Steel, 668. Suicide Squad, $746 million worldwide and then wonder woman 821 batman v superman 837 and aquaman 1.14 billion dollars yes i know i know suicide squad made significantly more money than justice league did so bad uh let's see nicholas Allen says what do you teach i just joined your channel a week ago i teach theology I teach theology at a Catholic school. Super Anime Gamer says, Your students are breaking the law, breaking the law. Please tell me you get that reference. Not in that context. The China Man says, Three best trilogies ever made in your opinion. Dear Lord, man. So I'm just going to say this preemptively. John Wick trilogy will be, will be, you heard it here first, one of the greatest trilogies of all time. Lord of the Rings, for sure. Back to the Future. Hmm. So those would be my three right now. But because technically speaking, John Wick 3 has not come out yet, and we cannot say officially that it's a trilogy, the next trilogy I'd put up there would be OG Star Wars. OG Star Wars. At this, at this point, that's where I am. Aiden McGree says, remind the students that Rotten Tomatoes don't, doesn't mark their exams. <laughs> yeah, so go, go to Rotten Tomatoes if you want to submit answers. And not get a grade. Zenwater says, you can put the lyrics to Patty Cake, Patty Cake, Baker's Make to the hook theme. Oh, wait, that's right. You can. Oh, that's interesting. That is very, very interesting. All right, let's see. Super says, where do you like to sit in the theater and snacks or no snacks? It depends on my mood for snacks. I do like snacks. Popcorn is sometimes a must. I like to have a a beverage, normally Powerade of some kind, uh, because I go to a theater with the Coca-Cola Freestyle. So I love me some Powerade, love me some popcorn. And for snacks, chocolate, some form of chocolate, thin, not, not thin mints, the, uh, the mint kind, the mint candy. I'm forgetting what the name of it is, but you know what I'm talking about. John O says, yep. The end gave me goosebumps. Holy crap. The end of whiplash had not only goosebumps, but also again, made me want to go. Oh yes. All right. Let's see. Darth star 57. Thank you very much for the super chat said, is there a site that shows tickets sold versus money made? Like to see what movies sold the most tickets. Uh, the numbers is a good website to go to that might have that information. I know that boxofficemojo.com usually just sticks to the actual cash it made, the actual money that it made, but the numbers might have a more thorough breakdown. 
So those those are the two sites that I usually go to when it comes to box office breakdowns, box office revenue. That might have tickets, but I'm not exactly sure on that. All right, guys, we're going to be wrapping things up in a second. September Gaming says, will uh, will I be able to rewatch this live again? I don't know if you'll be able to rewatch it live, but the live stream will be posted on the secondary channel. Welcome to Asgard. If you have not subscribed over that channel, please go support that channel. Go subscribe over there because that is where I post all the live streams in full. That is also where I post vlogs. Uh, I'm going to try and post some more original content over there as well. And also, I am now making and turning all of my live streams into podcasts as well. So if you're someone who maybe doesn't have time to watch on YouTube or anything like that, uh, go ahead and uh, you know look to my look for my podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. It's just Odin's Movie Blog. And I have two newer episodes up there. There's also older episodes of the podcast that I did before I started YouTube. So you can listen to those as well. And so this one will be live. I might try and get it tomorrow, maybe, if I have time. Might not. But it, it'll be live either in podcast form there or also on the Welcome to Asgard channel sometime tomorrow. <laughs> All right, I hear you, Nelson. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for it. Steak and Obi says, Hi, Ode, hope you're well. Hope you're doing well also. Uh, Ed, Ed Alan Cumbersingly says, I just arrived. Has Odin spoken about Doom Annihilation yet? Have not seen it yet, but I hear it's awful. Super says, thanks for checking the DCEU box office, my dude. No problem at all, Super. No problem at all. Nicholas Allen says, is there a site that keeps track of Blu-ray sales? The numbers. Yes, for Blu-ray sales, the numbers. Uh, let me go ahead and actually pull that up for you guys. Because this, if you want Blu-ray sales, Blu-ray numbers, the numbers is the best. So you can actually look at it by year. And it has units and spending. That's why the numbers might be the best one. I have never seen them break down tickets versus spending, but it does tell you units. So, for example, right now I have 2018 pulled up, and uh, the highest selling Blu ray of 2018 was The Last Jedi, which sold 3 million units and made $69 million, compared to Infinity War, which sold 2,600,000, 2, so much less than, than The Last Jedi did but made $93 million. So it actually made more because it meant even though the units themselves were sold, it meant more people bought the higher-end 4K uh, Ultra HD or, you know, the Ultra, the Ultimate Edition. So more people spent people spent more money on Infinity War than they did on Star Wars Last Jedi, which is the way it should be. So let me go ahead and just post that in the chat for you guys. So, boom. There you go. So that's the site that I use also, especially for Blu-ray sales. So that's a good question. The real Captain Jack. Love you, Odin. Keep up the swell work. Real Captain Jack, you're awesome, man. Thank you very much for the love. You're awesome as well. Uh, the China Man says, great line, the man, the myth, the legend, John Wick. Dude, John Wick is so good. Such a good story. It's a trap production. says, my lord Odin, I hear something faintly on the winds. It sounds like Gordon's alive. Damn right, man. <laughs> all right, Steph, thank you for shouting out the secondary channel. Nicholas Allen says, thanks. Oh, no problem at all. Gannison says, do you think the MCU fan base has been split like Star Wars? Not as much. Not as much. And the reason why is this. The hardcore fan base, the hardcore fan base for Star Wars was severely broken by The Last Jedi. And we saw the results of that in Solo A Star Wars Story. And also the fact that Disney executive... Bob Iger even had to come out and say, all right, we're going to have to slow things down a bit. We did a little too much too fast. So I think we're seeing a lot of that with him and with the comments that he's saying. MCU is a different animal because MCU has been building fan trust for 10 years. You know, with with when it comes to Star Wars, you could say oh, it's been around longer. Yes, but they were not putting out movies consistently every year for a period of 10 years. 
So they've been they've built a lot of goodwill because at first the MCU focused on Marvel fans. They showed up. But then guess what? Now you no longer have a large contingent of Marvel fans. Now you have a larger contingent of MCU fans, which is why I think Captain Marvel is doing so well is because it's not the Marvel Comics fans that are going to support it in droves. It's the new MCU fan base they have. And I think what they've done is they've actually, in a lot of ways, kind of tested the waters with this by showing, oh, we can actually move in this direction because unlike with Star Wars, which is more so the core fan base, because they did try to reach out to others when it came to, you know, for example, The Force Awakens. However, they did so by doing away with the old characters and turning off a lot of the old fans and also not really impressing the newer fans either. And that's why we're seeing the differences in the money and everything like that. So the MCU is a little bit different. I don't think we're going to see a similar split because I think the numbers are just a little bit different also. Um, let us see. Tech Guy says, Odin rocks. Thank you, dude. Appreciate it. Uh, Lunar Vision, yay. Odin is back. Where did I go? Hey, <laughs> Snake Boy says, when are we watching another movie? Uh, I have not decided yet, but we're going to do the once a month. Uh, we're going to try once a month and see how that goes. The China Man says, do you think Dunkirk deserved Best Picture 2017? Nolan got snubbed several times for Inception and The Dark Knight. No, Dunkirk was a good movie. It's also highly overrated. This is a, this is a debate that me and Jeremy over at Geeks and Gamers get into all the time. It's a good movie, but it's overrated, so I would say no to that. Lunar Vision says, Odin is leading the fight. I don't know about leading the fight, but I'm definitely a part of the fight. All right, guys, so that is indeed going to be it for me. Went longer than I thought, but hey, an hour and 24 minutes is a good time. Hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed. Maybe you learned something about the box office. And again, guys, please, always, when we have these streams, ask questions. You know, get the conversations going. If there's something that you want to know more about, if there's things that maybe you don't know or maybe you want to know or things that maybe you think I should know, hey, just, again, Reach out to me in the chat. It's always a fun time. It's always a good time for you guys. And it's always a good time for me as well. But with this now uh, stream ending, let me go ahead and shout out all of my patrons. Starting off with the very special Dion. Dion, thank you very much for being a patron. And also all of my other patrons, including, let me just make sure this is set up correctly. A Great Jedi, Adam Shawhan, Albertus Magnus, Delete System 32, Edward Coleman, Enrique Evangelista, Entertainment Hacker, Frank the Tank and the Shawhan Wiener Dog Clan, Harold Francis, The Hunky Chunky, Funky Monkey, Inflamed Wood, It's a Trap Productions, Jason Clark, Jeffrey Toon, Jonathan, Laura Story, Matthew Kadish, Mr. Peabody, and his evil twin, Outpost Dyer, Perpetual Punster, Projar Sarif, Proper Jeremy, Sheng Long, Sir Lance Elato, Teodora, The K-Man, The DJD Show, Those Two Ball Guys, Tina B, and Wolfgang Lounge. Thank you very much for being my patrons. You're all amazing and beautiful people. Aiden Vickery, you have a good night. Dion, you have a good night. Super awesome stream as always. Have a good night. You have a good night too. Sticky V, Nicholas Allen, Allen, Brad Noble, <laughs> uh, Tina, Steph, let's see, Tracy, Normal Person, Antsy... Anti, anti venom fi, uh, BMJ Bros, Mr. Trill, Mr. Peabody, Peter Parker, Gannison, of course. Everyone, have a wonderful night. You're all amazing and beautiful people. Get a good night's rest. I shall see you later. Thank you for waiting. I know that I came home late because of the conferences, so thank you so much for being patient with that. And also, I know that I'm going against the High Council right now, so the fact that we had over 100 people that entire time is really cool and really awesome. And also, of course, to all that gave super chats. Thank you so much. It really does mean a lot whenever whenever you do that because obviously your time is precious, but also I know your resources, your money are precious too. And so thank you seriously from the bottom of my heart for that tremendous support. You are all amazing. I love you guys. Have a wonderful night. And as always, God bless.